Hey guys, what's going on? You're listening to The Nighttime Show, and have we got a guest for you. Someone absolutely incredible. Uh, you know him from The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. Hellboy, uh, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I mean, the guy is an absolute And of legend. course, Star Trek Discovery. Oh my God, Matt Walker. <laughs> always such a huge Star Trek nerd. You're the best. Uh, Doug Jones is on the show, yeah. and so that interview is about to happen right now, and I want you guys to 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 sit tight and just, just relax into it. Just really do some deep breathing. Take some Take a breath. And he's like the nicest person you'll ever meet. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah. He's so cool. And that you guys are going to get to witness um, us basically meeting him, which mm-hmm. is very cool. Yeah. You know? So you're meeting him as well, yeah. which is very fun. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the show. Here we go. Our next guest has never looked the same way in any two movies. Let's take a look at some of his work now. Oh, man. He don't look that bad. Welcome the star of Star Trek Discovery, I'm Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, and the Academy Award winner for Best Picture, The Shape of Water, Doug Jones! Are you fucking kidding me? Come on! Holy shit, Doug that, Jones! Well, I'm gonna. Can I have a copy of that for my funeral? By the way, that was, that was, that was great. He lived a long and beautiful life. <laughs> he is a magical man. <sighs> Holy shit, man! Well, you're talking about my outfit. I'm overdressed, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> you look. This is great. You I, look I went terrific. to it. I was presented at the makeup awards just before this, so I I, I had another gig tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the makeup awards. Why were you doing that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what a what an insane car- your career is fucking insane, Doug. It's, <laughs> so am I. It's, this you, works out well. You really have like a crazy career. Thank where you. How, where did you start from? Are you like what is your origin story? What is your origin story? I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Good Midwestern boy. And I uh, came out here in 1985 to, to be in sitcoms. I thought I was going to be a... Well, look at me. I thought, okay, I know that I'm not going to be a rom- romantic leading man, so I right. have to be funny or scary. So I'll go for the funny. And I, I thought I would, I would do sitcoms. And then the minute I hit Hollywoodland at 6'3 and a half, weighing 140 pounds... <laughs> The creature with a mime background, which we don't, which we don't talk about often. Oh, yeah. <sighs> no, you don't guys don't like mimes. Nobody likes a mime. But uh, uh, the creature effects guys loved that. Uh, the creature effects makeup people who create monster makeups. Uh, so when you have that physical skill set and you look like this with a small bone structure, easy to build on. 
and uh, boom, I started getting the creature jobs. I started in TV commercials. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Now, what was one of your first? Was it gigs? The, was it the moon? Uh, that was that was my fourth booking. My first booking was a, a, a dancing mummy for Southwest Airlines. <laughs> nice, very Jealous, cool, very you know. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I did an alien from outer space on a, a toy commercial, and then I did a, a nerd for Bob's Big Boy, and the, my fourth booking was. Uh, the Mac Tonight campaign for McDonald's. The crest of the clock strikes. Hey, half past six, babe. Yeah, that was me. Oh my God! I know. Uh, we all had those action figures. I think they were McDonald's from McDonald's. They, well, they were in yeah. the uh, they were yeah. in the Happy Meal. Yeah. So yeah, you, you were eating kids' meals back. How old are you? <laughs> uh, old, yeah, very no. old. Uh, thirty nine. I'm oh, thirty nine years a puppy. old. Just I know. Thirty nine. Yeah. I'm gonna be forty next month. Uh, I've looked 40 for 15 years. <laughs> no one's surprised. People are surprised I'm not 50, that I'm not turning 50. I should start telling people I'm about to turn 50, because then they're going to be like, oh, my God, you look so good for 50. Yeah, right, you're just telling them. <laughs> so good. The first time I ever heard that was uh, when I was doing the Nickelodeon show. I met the like our producer on the show, mm-hmm. and I said uh, – uh, he walked right up to me on the first day of shooting, and he was like, you know, it is just such a wonder we were able to find a funny 40-year-old that hadn't been discovered yet. <laughs> and I went, I'm 28. <laughs> and, and he said, you look like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, like, slowly backed up into some bushes and vanished. He didn't want to like, catch it, whatever. It was. <laughs> whatever you are doing is wrong. Whatever you're doing right now That's a is hard 28. incorrect. <laughs> Uh, Batman Returns um, yes, is, yes. is is yeah. Oh, so yeah. you were in Batman Returns. I was. That was my what? first uh, studio film. Yeah. That's a big fucking movie. To it be. was right. Yeah, that's got to be crazy. That's got to be a crazy yeah. experience. I, I was one of Danny DeVito's sidekicks. He played the Penguin in that movie, and I he hung out with the Red Triangle Circus Gang, and I was a uh, well. In my name in the credits is Thin Clown. <laughs> so, so yeah, so creative, Tim Burton. So I know. <laughs> and it's stuck ever since. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some titles you can't shake that's amazing that must have been uh, a lot of fun Uh, the the people uh, on that on that set must have been pretty cool I'm working with Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer and my makeup was done by V. Neal who's like multi Oscar winning makeup artist no it just was you know as a first movie gig you're like this is this is how it's done (laughs) did you feel like uh, like uh, like at that point you were like I've arrived was that like your I've arrived moment Uh, or I I still don't think I've arrived I don't know there's still there's still almost more to do I don't know you know arrival is like a plateau, a, play, a landing place, and I don't want to arrive until I'm dead. You know, you know I guess I, t- I feel like though there's like levels of professionalism that you hit, and you don't always know what yeah. those are until you've made it to that yeah, level. Maybe, yeah. You know, like yeah. like you know, doing a couple of commercials is one thing, but then doing the Mac Tonight commercial and being like the spokesperson for Coca Cola was Coca Cola or McDonald's? It was McDonald's. McDonald's, McDonald's yeah. being yeah, the yeah. spokesperson for McDonald's. That's like a fucking huge deal. It, well, it was for me. That was as a, as an early gig. That uh, campaign lasted three years, and I did twenty seven commercials for them so I bought my first house with McDonald's money so don't make fun of them you know what I'm saying yeah I still love their dollar menu I do. I do. <laughs> I'm loving it <laughs> I love that um, one one of your early uh, one of your early films hocus pocus which we yeah. played a little bit yeah. of oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Matt, who did we have on the show? We, we had, had Thora Birch. We had oh, Thora, Thora Birch yeah. on the show, yeah. and she told the story uh, that when they wired her up in the air, mm-hmm. and Thora Birch had to be like strung up in the air, she had to be up there for quite a long time. And she was very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, Bette Midler flew herself up next to her. Just, just to comfort her, and then saying, "You are the wind beneath my wings in the sky, <laughs> while holding baby Thora Birch." Right. You have right. to listen to that episode of the nighttime show. It's yeah, amazing. It's a great episode. Well, no, no. That, I, yeah. My first night of work, I was on my way. I was driving myself to work, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go meet Bette Miller." I was a big fan of hers already. Uh, anyway, and on the radio, the car, we got the car radio. Yes, I, <laughs> I still have one. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> we, I heard the wind beneath my wings on the radio. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Worked all night with Bette Midler. We were this far from each other. And I'm like, oh, it's her. She doesn't have any eyebrows. She's got buck teeth. It's awesome. <laughs> and then on the way home, I heard uh, from a distance oh, on the radio. My God. It's like, I, so the, you know, sometimes you just pinch yourself and think, is this really happening to little old me? Oh, man. That kid from Indiana. I yeah. love it. That's so awesome. What about your family? Did, how did your family react to you being in movies and being on screen and being characters? Oh, like, bless. how did they feel about well, it? My dearly departed mother never believed that I well she kept calling me a struggling actor until <laughs> long into it you know uh, <laughs> oh this is my son the struggling actor mom do you want to drop the struggling <laughs> there's a word that doesn't belong there anymore but she's done but she you know and she wasn't a fan of, of especially the genre that I'm in uh, she don't, anything scarier nah, she didn't want to see it yeah so uh, but she um, was at the beauty parlor one day they called yeah. them beauty parlors in her era and, um, and, and some lady was talking about Hellboy. And my, and my mom's like, oh, wait, I think my son was in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the lady's like, oh my gosh, what, what, did he, what, what did he play? Well, let's see, I don't know, oh, this character's name was, um, uh, but he was a, a, a fish guy. But <gasps> and the, 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 the beautician's like, your son is Doug Jones? <laughs> and so my mom was like, well, yeah. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't, but this is when it finally hit her. Like, oh, people know him. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So then like, the entire place is like, this is Doc Jones's mom. Look, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. So it was very sweet. That's when she finally dropped the struggling part. Yeah. And then um, the, that's when you arrived. <laughs> that's when I arrived. When mom bought it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I get that. Um, I, I feel like sometimes parents they don't under parents they just don't understand. <laughs> I feel like sometimes parents and relatives though they when you're playing like a character and you're in makeup and in a costume and stuff yeah. they're like but they don't know it's you you know right. they can't see your face how are they gonna know right. and like do you ever struggle with that because you have played so many fascinating characters do you ever struggle with mm. wanting to have your face shown or you do you feel mm. comfortable because like sometimes your face is shown in some of these characters mm. but do you ever feel like I don't want to do this because it's not going to be enough me in it oh, or no. oh gosh no. you're you always feel good the uh, more the oh, better I, I love I've done both I've done lots of humans and done lots of creatures um, and but the human the humans I've played have been in lesser known roles like you know they, they fade guest starring on this or doing an indie that but the um, so I, I get a, a dual life, right? Uh, I get to do something like this, yeah. Because, because you all know my resume. Thank you for that. Of course. But I can go me? to Starbucks right after this, and nobody's gonna know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So I get I kind of get the best of both worlds. It's now crazy. now last year was a, quite a year for me w- between The Shape of Water and uh, and Star Trek Discovery. Now um, I had a big press year, so this face was being interviewed a lot, and I was doing a lot of TV, and I was at the Oscars, and yada yada. 
So that's when people can marry this face to the rest of my characters I've played oh with that WeberNet God. device you have now. You know, the kids <laughs> are using. Uh, so to that, that, that kind of put, uh, I'm recognizing airports now more than I used to be, that yeah. kind of thing. But it's still, I still don't create a mob scene, my gosh. Although no. it's interesting, we had no, Anson good. Mount on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He plays Captain Pike on Star Trek Discovery. Yes. He talked about how at the cast dinner, he had dinner with you. And then he said he didn't see you for three months. He just saw Saru That's right. for the next three months because of the way the schedules worked out. He only saw you in makeup. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, like three months later, uh, one day, like you wrapped early and you were out of makeup. And he's like, oh, my God, Doug, I haven't seen you in so long. And you're like, it's been <laughs> we 15 minutes. Many so. minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I spend lots of – I go to a lot of rap parties at the end of a movie or TV season. Uh, and I have to introduce myself to the entire crew <laughs> that I've been working with for six months. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the first role that, that you jumped into where you felt like you completely vanished within it? Like, what was like a, what was like a role in a movie where where once you were in the character, you were like, I'm, a t- I'm this is totally I'm oh. vanished inside this character. Oh, that would be uh, uh, as you can see, I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a nervous boy who talks with my hands a lot. Yeah, uh, I could, I was not allowed to do any of that when I played the Silver Surfer mm-hmm. in yeah. the Fantastic Four sequel. Oh that that was the most pulled back toned down, throttled back confidence in the eyes and nowhere else. You know, oh God. Was that, that was prosthetics on your, on your it face? Was pro- yeah, everyone thinks it was a CG thing. Uh, it looked CG-ish because they did a coating over me in post-production, but uh, that was me in a rubber suit and makeup every day. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Now there's a part of the movie where it was to where the silver coating went away. I was, t- I was powered down and lost my surfboard and, went, and I was tarnished. That was more of just the makeup, yeah. Wow. If you, if you see it again, yeah. you'll, you'll see the difference. So, throughout so your cool. career, how many days have you spent in a makeup chair? I should have started had, counting at the beginning, right? Because we, we had Michael Dorn on, who played Worf on Star Trek oh, Next Generation and Deep Space right, Nine, right. and he estimated that throughout all the movies and all the shows that he did, uh, he says he spent at least a thousand days in a makeup chair. And I was curious, I was like, Doug Jones is the only other person I can think of who might come close to that kind of number. I, I've Honestly, I've never, t- it's 33 years of this, and I've never tallied yeah. it up, so... Uh, and now that I'm honest, I, this is my second TV series. I was, I was also mm-hmm. an alien on Falling Skies for yeah. three years. Oh, yeah. So between that and this, I'm already done with my second season. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm running for him. Getting I'm close. coming for him. Cool. If, if I haven't passed him already. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, can you tell a yeah. story from Hellboy that I remember you telling that mm. is one of my favorite things ever about how you had a lack of vision? Oh, God. Do you, you know the story? <laughs> well, there, there's two. Well, one, one involves... Uh, Ron yeah. Hellman? Yeah, that's is the one. It, is that the one? Yep. Okay. Uh, this is Hellboy 1. Um, uh, not only, well, you know, my Abe Sapien's eyes were out here, so the, the fish eyes, are, and so I'm looking through the little tear duct areas, right? So I can, I can see very, no periphery at all. Uh, we, were, uh, we were walking down a corridor, had to make a left turn, walk down another corridor, and stop and then see uh, the delightful John Hurt on a staircase, and he, Hellboy says, Father, that was our thing. Okay. So I had to walk through this a couple times because not only can I only see this, but I'm wearing goggles over that with water in between two panes of glass, and it was cold in this building, so they were fogging up. <laughs> so what little vision I had was like, huh. So, so I had, as long as I could see Ron Perlman's shoulder right here in front of me, I'm like, okay, I'm good. That's, that's what I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to say off of his right shoulder. I'm good. So we're walking down a corridor. <laughs> good, good, good. The cameras are rolling. It's our first take. We make our left turn. Good, good, good. I'm on point. Yes, it's all going well. He stops before I thought we were supposed to. So now I'm like, camera's still rolling. Nobody's yelling cut. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just uh, 
I get my hand on his back so I can get the trajectory of his back to make sure I know which way I'm supposed to be facing. So I'm kind of like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. got it, good, good. And then Guillermo del Toro yells, cut! And the entire crew bursts out laughing. <laughs> so he says then, Doug Jones, can we do one more take without you filling up Ron's ass? <laughs> <laughs> So apparently, apparently my hand was lower than I thought. <laughs> and, the and the cameras were back there shooting this way. So I was like... <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> That's amazing. Any other Hellboy stories? Any other Hellboy stories? Uh, well, another vision problem one was in Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, uh, that you saw the singing clip from. Uh, right after that clip, we're back in Hellboy's chambers and we're getting a little tipsy on the Tecate beard. It's the last one. Ah, we're talking about women and blah, blah, yeah. Blah. And um, at, at we also we had uh, my, my love interest in that movie was Princess Nuala, played by Anna Walton, and, and she was in our care in the BPRD uh, uh, building. And uh, the alarms were supposed to go off, and then I, that's when I knew, oh my goodness, something's happening to the princess, right? So this was another one, it's hard to explain. Uh, I had to, we were leaning on the edge of, of Ron's uh, bed and Selma Blair was asleep in it as uh, Liz Sherman, right? So um, uh, when the alarms go off, I'm supposed to walk to the edge of the bed and then make another left turn and then stop at a, at a spot, look up and say, the princess, right? So, um, <clears throat> but I, when I look up, I can't see anything down here, right? So I don't know where my mark is to stop at. Usually it's a piece of tape on the floor. Right. <laughs> well, I couldn't, I couldn't see the piece of tape, so they put a sandbag down there so I could feel and stop. Oh, that's where I'm supposed to stop. The princess, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, we thought that, so we got it all mapped out for, okay, great. Cameras roll, and we're sitting there talking. The alarms go off. I'm like, oh, I walk up here. I walk over here. I hit something, and I think, well, again, it was a bit early. I, 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 that's not my mark, but, but I felt it. it I'll stop. It, the princess. And I kept feeling with my leg, with my leg, I kept doing my leg. <laughs> like it didn't feel like I was, I, it, well, it's gone. I can't feel this handbag anymore. So, again, cut. Crew bursts out laughing. And I said, what? What, what, where did my sandbag go? And Selma Blair said, that wasn't your sandbag. You kicked one of Hellboy's cats. <laughs> <laughs> He had like 50 cats running around his bed. So one of them went sailing across the floor. Oh my yeah. God. So I'm sorry, cat people. She lived. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. She's got at so least eight more lives. She'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, um, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Guillermo del Toro. This, oh. this guy is the sweetest guy in the whole damn world. Yes. Uh, what, uh, how, did, how did you first meet him? Well, yeah. What was the, the, the introduction like? Well, Guillermo del Toro, uh, is the, uh, he's my favorite director I've ever worked for, and every other director knows that they're vying for second place. They'll never, they'll never again, <laughs> of course, uh, yeah. take his place. Uh, but it was Mimic. The movie was Mimic in 1997. I got one of those referral phone calls from the Creature Effects people uh, saying, yeah, hello. Oh, this is a phone, by the way. Remember that? <laughs> um, uh, in the middle of the afternoon, like, are you free to do a, a night shoot tonight on some reshoots on a movie called Mimic? And oh, yeah, out of work actor, yes, I'm free. So uh, I end up downtown LA on the top of a building, uh, like a three-story brick building looking over the edge of it with a rain machine hitting me in the head and wearing a bug mask and a, a trench coat that looked like sort of like bug wings. 
So, uh, uh, and everybody, the crew was down on the ground, so I couldn't even see anybody. I just hear a megaphone, action and cut. I was like, mm -hmm. uh, The second day, I was on it for three days. The second day was in the afternoon um, uh, on a green screen set. We were doing some close-ups and uh, with minimal crew and lunchtime comes and uh, the director sits right across this, this table from me and it was Guillermo del Toro. And he, sa he sat down with his train and said, Soda, tell me everything you've been in before. <laughs> so I, I started listing off my resume and I told him about, you know, I was in Tank Girl and I'd done Hocus Pocus by then and I, uh, uh, gosh, I had done... Um, Batman. Batman Returns, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was, uh, I was the, the leader of the gentleman in the Hush episode. Ooh. If you remember that, yeah. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Creepiest episode thank ever. You. Watch oh, that. Yeah. So, so, he, yeah, so we were connecting on creatures and monsters and creepy things, and, and he knew all the makeup artists I'd ever worked with before. Oh, is he a nice guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, wow, we're connecting on, ah, like two 12-year-old boys talking. Like, ah. <laughs> and uh, so he asked for my card afterward, and then uh, um, five years later, in 2002, when they were prepping for the first Hellboy movie, uh, I got a call to, to be wow. a Wow. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So carry a business card. I think we've, uh, that's what we've learned. <laughs> 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 carry a, I, I met Guillermo del Toro at the Kung Fu Panda 2 premiere. Of course you did. He had a bunch of kids with him, and uh, all his kids knew the kid show I was on. Uh, and so he's like, Steven, they really like the show. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks. And he was like, hey, call me. I have a movie. Uh, we should talk about things. And I was like, okay. And he gave me his cell number. And I was like, I was like oh, my God. This is fucking amazing. And, and then I texted him, and I was like, Hey, it's Stephen Glickman, and he was like, "Hey, I'm doing a movie called Pacific Rim. You need to come in for this movie." And I was like, "What the fuck is happening to me right now?" <laughs> and so I got to go in for a role in Pacific Rim that got cut from Pacific Rim, <laughs> but I got, but I got to like audition. I got to go a bunch of callbacks, and then it got written out of the script. And then I ran into him like six months later on the Disney lot, and uh -huh. I go, "What are you doing? What are you doing at Disney?" And he goes, "Oh, Stephen, fucking, it's." It's the, they are the worst and the best. <laughs> this studio, you, you have to work with Disney and you can hate it all you want, but you have to fucking work with them. <laughs> they will stop at nothing to get you. They pay everything. You have no choice. You have no choice. You will work for them at some point. Trust my word. Trust my word. And then he hugged me and got in his car and drove away. And I've never seen him again. No. <laughs> but how fucking awesome. Like the nicest guy. No, where the you're nicest like, guy. I can't. Yeah. Like, why would I have any interaction with it? But he was just. And no. I love that your accent for Guillermo del Toro is the exact same accent you use for Fabio. I was just gonna say. <laughs> it's a little different. The way they say Steven is exactly the Steven, same. Steven, listen, Bobby. <laughs> That's what Fabio sounds like when you. But talk. you did work for Disney. I did work for Disney. Yeah. I worked on Stuck in the Middle on <laughs> Nickelodeon on Disney, on Disney Channel, Channel. Oh, yeah. on the Disney Channel, yeah. and it was something else. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, this is a perfect moment. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Doug. Can, can we, I ask a couple we, Star Trek all right, questions? All right, ask a couple gotta, Star Trek. Give me three. All right. What was it like? <laughs> uh, and don't bitch at me about spoiler alerts. You've had a year to watch the first season, all right? Uh, <laughs> don't, no complaints after. Ask quickly before okay, all quickly. the beautiful women leave. What was it like being the first main character on Star Trek to get eaten? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, well, but it wasn't really me. The yeah, it was eaten. Mirror. Mirror universe, but yeah. uh, that was an, uh, that was someone in wearing my makeup that looked. Oh, like, it wasn't uh, you? because yeah, the mirror of universe Saru was in uh, the captain's chambers. Yeah, and then they then they transported to another ship where that happened, where the eating happened. So it wasn't me, but it was. Oh, it was a, another Kelpian. But it was another Kelpian. Yes. Okay. And, uh, yeah. When right. you did the short trek 
yes. on Saru's home planet was that's to me where sort of added the soul of Saru, like where you really learn what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, was that something that you knew ahead of time that you were going to get to do, like before you'd film the season, or they did, sort of sprung it on you? Did not know that. Uh, the short tracks. Well, the short tracks were a series of short films. They did four of them yeah. uh, that that were showed up on CBS All Access between season one <laughs> and season two, just as a, as a to get you all the speed here. Uh, so that short check, mine is called The Brightest Star, and it yep. gives my backstory. It shows you how I, uh, how I left my planet of mm -hmm. Kaminar and uh, how I became the first Kelpian to ever join Starfleet. Yeah. And um, uh, it was a very heartwarming t backstory. I'm glad we got yeah. to tell because I didn't even know uh, what my backstory was and how I did become the first Kelpian. And that's that it was great. short answered all those questions. Okay, last Star Trek question, Stephen. All right, all right, all right, okay, all right. Then we got to ask Oscar questions. Uh, I went on the uh, Memory Alpha website, which is the Star Trek nerd website, and I looked up every I don't even single, know this site. What? Uh, Memory <laughs> Alpha. No. It's, uh, so I looked up every single Vulcan that has a name. There's 107 the Vulcans cool that have a name. All the about Memory Alpha. <laughs> yeah, how do you not know about Memory <laughs> Alpha, Doug Jones? <laughs> so Jesus. I looked up, there's 107 Vulcans that have names, and I looked at the photos of all 107. There Child. are Asian Vulcans. There yep. are black Vulcans. There are Caucasian Vulcans. They have blondes, brunettes, uh, and people with black Good night, hair. everybody. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, out of all 107, there are zero red-headed Vulcans, and I was wondering, uh, what can we do to solve that problem? Right. So that's, do you know any right. redheads that, that might be a good Vulcan? That's an answer I don't have, that's... by the way. Just, I don't, I don't know. No. I, I, it doesn't I, control I, casting, oh, well. man. <laughs> I'll try to campaign for you. I, Thank you. I wow. To, that's that, my shot. On that note, we really need to do a word from our sponsor. Uh, Welcome to the Butcher's Pillow Who Toy, where you will learn the many wonders of the most beautiful pillow in the world. One, the sweet spot. The space between the thighs and cheeks is designed by our scientists. To Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is our sponsor, this the Buttress Pillow. The, uh, the Buttress Pillow is uh, perfect for uh, if you're one of those people. If you can only fall asleep in someone else's ass. <laughs> The buttress, the buttress pillow, pillow has you covered. Um, we have a brand new one right here. Um, and I think I know... you don't want a used one. <laughs> who, who wants a buttress pillow? I know, I, I know exactly who's going to get it. Uh, Doug, would you give this, this is, to someone? I would be happy to give this yes. to someone. Connie. Connie, yeah. Give it to Connie. Uh, guys, the buttress pillow is great. Uh, if you have it, if you ever need help falling asleep, try falling asleep at someone's ass crack, because it will do the trick. And that's been a word from our sponsor. Wow. Uh, okay, what was it like winning an Oscar, huh? Well, <laughs> transitions. Oh yeah. What was it like uh, being in a movie Buttress that Pillow won is a Best Picture? To follow. We, I know. Even with an Oscar story. Yeah, we can. We but, can. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I. Uh, uh, well, I didn't. I don't. I did not personally win a statue. No, I know. I know. The, the movie the won Best Picture. Yes, it won Best Picture, and also won uh, uh, three other awards, including Best Director for our dear friend mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro. Hell so, yes. Uh, with thirteen nominations, which was one away from the the record. Uh, so I was very very proud to be in that last year and a part of that whole ride. And to stand up on stage with the entire team when the best picture was announced. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you deserve it, man. You Dreaming. made that movie. I mean, that movie is all you, oh, buddy. It really, it really is. It really is. You're a phenomenon, man. 
Um, let's take questions from the audience. Let's get Uh-oh. some questions, and then we're going to do a special thing. Questions. Great. Also, I, I, I'm going to, as I come to you, I would like to ask you, with all of these creatures, the same way that some actors have trouble letting go of characters, do you mm-hmm. have trouble letting go of creatures at all? Not even, cl- no. I, no? I, I'm very good at clocking out at the end of the day. Yes. <laughs> cool. Here you go. Sweet. Hey, uh, Doug, I'm Zach. Super big fan of yours. You're awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, kind of question for you. Uh, you've done a lot of bizarre characters before, obviously, and that's kind of your line of work. But uh, have you ever, like, gotten a script or done a scene where you were thinking, like, man, this is, like, some weird shit even for me? Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 Not really, but thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Legion a little bit. That that's yeah. some scary yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. My jaw's gonna drop down to. <sighs> right. I will say I will say this: that if there's any independent filmmakers in the room, uh, the script that I do say no to uh, is the one that I keep getting at least three or four times a year. Uh, uh, oh, we're a bunch of half-naked teenagers running around the woods and and smoking pot and having sex. But here comes Doug Jones to kill all of us one at a time. <laughs> that's the movie I say no to. And it it, it bores me. Yeah, brilliant. All right, got a question right here. Hi, Doug. Hi. All of us here are from McDonald's, and <laughs> it's pretty awesome to hear that you were like related to the whole Mac tonight yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been with McDonald's for thirty-seven years. Whoa! Wait, how many people are here from McDonald's? Woo! Oh, oh, woo! Holy shit! I love this show so, so much. So this this team here is has worked for McDonald's for. God, since they started as teenagers, wow. so it's pretty pretty awesome. Wow, and wow. so it's it's great to hear, you know, the just the respect that you have for that whole time, you know, when you I went do. through that. And I do. They're, and they're so, very good to me. Yeah. So still are, we want to get a picture with you before you leave. Okay, it's a deal. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So Anyone actually have much. a? Also, that's really nice. A question. Great. <laughs> Mike Glazer yeah. walking in the room. He this man is very excited to ask you something. Yes. Hi, Dougie. Hi. I had the pleasure. My name is Jimmy, by the way. I had the pleasure of giving you a hug once. Once? And it was cheek to cheek. And I noticed that you have super phenomenal soft skin. Yeah. Oh. Now, with all of those prosthetics and makeup that you put on, do you have a skin regimen that I could copy? That's a great question. Yeah, that's a very good question. Good question. Good question. Nice question. Beauty secrets with Doug Jones. Who's going to buy my beauty secrets, right? (laughs) Start a YouTube page. Get it. My YouTube channel. By the way, that question was asked by Jimmy Chimineros, who was also in two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Yes. Yes, he was he was on our first two episodes the, uh, on the Starship Shenzhou, and then he got blown oh. out the side of the of the ship. Oh, yeah. anyway, I but, think uh, he's about to get a hug from Matt. Actually. Uh, yeah. Wow, uh, love uh, it. <laughs> no, do you know what? Uh, uh, wearing prosthetic makeups and then having it removed every day, uh, um, it is there. I'm exposed to a lot of chemicals and a lot of harsh things, and and but but the exfoliation that happens is is constant. I'm I'm going to be 59 in May. I know. Shut I know. Up. I know. No way. Wow. So, oh my god, I look so. like shit. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, but um, okay. Uh, I have uh, another I have two questions over here. Yes. Hi, Doug. I'm over here, over this way. Hi. There we are. Hi. I'm Shauna. Um, and one of my family's favorite movies is Hocus Pocus. Oh, I, thank I you. grew up watching you. Thank and you. I know 
Bette Midler talks about reprising and bringing mm. back Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. Would you ever redo Billy Butcher's? Oh heck yes! <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's been. So you're in for a reunion? Oh, I'm totally in. Yeah. Well, oh, we we had our 25 year anniversary this past year in, in 08, and we did a uh, big TV special on the Freeform channel for it, and uh, everybody showed up for it, uh, at least at least on tape. Um, and uh, there's been talk of doing a sequel for many years now. Um, they were talking about maybe doing a sequel that takes place 20-some years later with the kids growing up and having kids of their own. I would love to be, uh, and, and Billy was going to be a part of that scenario that I was told about. So where that is now, I don't know. I would, but I, let's hope. I, but yes, but yes, I'm totally in. I love that. It. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Glazer. Yes, sir. Can you come up on the stage? Yeah. Um, yes. I, can yeah. We, do we have time for one more? This person right. was waving their one hand last, in the air. One last Great. question. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. so we much. we got to move on. Hi, honey. I'm Georgianne. Um, listen, I watch Hocus Pocus every year. I love it. And there was one scene where you like, <laughs> you like take the blade and you go across your mouth and there's like a puff of dust. Yes, that comes out of your mouth. I'm just wondering, what is that dust? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what? It was dust. It was, it was called Fuller's Earth. It's a sterilized dust that, that is actually purchased, and, uh, and so you can use it in your mouth. Um, it was, but this is before the days of CG being what, they, what it is now, right? So uh, that means that I had, I had a retainer on my upper and lower uh, uh, mouth that clicked in to hold a, a latex sheath that protected my mouth from the moths and the dirt. And uh, because moths, if they get moist, they don't fly. Yeah. It's true. I learned Holy something that day. Shit. Right, right. So, uh, uh, if you have time for a story, what happened on, on take one of that disaster? Um, well, there, there was a there was a guy on set that was the moth trainer. He had little tweezers and a cage. Yeah. So he placed them into my mouth gingerly, and then at the last minute, but it had to be everything else had to be ready to go, or or you know because we ha the clock started ticking on the moisture issue <laughs> the minute they went in there. So. Uh, uh, they put, I put some in, and then they, they, they kind of tack glue my, my stitches back on so that I can run the, the knife blade over them and, and have them pop open uh, without much effort, right? So, and they're ready to go. I can feel them, like, going on my... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's not appetizing at all. And, uh, and, then, <laughs> and then, so all of a sudden, we're ready to go, and poof, a light explodes. And I'm like, whoa. So, <laughs> so now I'm like, uh-oh. So while they try to replace this or repair, they get a ladder out there. And I can feel, you know, when there's some a foreign object in your mouth, your, your, your body says intruder, intruder, salivate, salivate. So I can feel the level rising. And um, so before long, uh, uh, you know, I okay, here it comes. So they're ready to go, and actually, I cut it open, and the the oh, the dust had turned to mud, and the and, and the. Uh, the moths were like kind of surfing out of my mouth on it. <laughs> oh. So we did a real reset and take two is the one you saw in the movie where they flew just the right way and it was all perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Thank you for asking. Dear God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Top need, that one. I need a minute. Uh, <laughs> Glazer, get up here. Get up here. All right. Sure thing. So uh, Glazer and I and Mike and Matt here, we were all talking and uh, 
there's something that you do in almost every single movie and a lot, a lot of a lot of the big movies, and it's all with your hands. And uh, especially in Pan's Labyrinth, where uh, you played well, the the with the eyeballs on the f- the uh, nightmare fuel. The when pale, you played nightmare fuel the pale for man. everyone forever. <laughs> um, so what I was hoping is is that you could teach our entire audience at the same time how to do the hands on the, the eyes, pale man the hands. Pale man hands. Can we see what the pale man hands look like? Oh. Okay, all right. So that's what we want you to do is to teach us all together how to do it, and then we'll all do it together in unison. Okay. A couple times. We'll do it all a couple times. All right? First of all, it's not that hard. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why we're doing a class, but... um, Okay. I'm ready. uh, So pretend Limber up. Limber up. Limber up. You're getting a lesson from Doug fucking Jones. My middle initial is F. How did you know? <laughs> um, uh, uh, the eyeballs are already in there. Okay, so it's like they're already in. And you're, so you're going to lift them up and reveal them like this. Huh? And then do a finger spread like that. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like a, it's an up and a spread. Okay, let's all do it together. Ready, ready, ready? ready. And let's turn the music on. Do the music. The oh, scary mu- music. Do scary music. Ready? Everyone together. Everyone has to do it yeah. together. We're going to film it from this angle. You ready? Here we go. You ready? One. Oh, that's music. Yeah. Here we go. Music, 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 scary music. Everyone together. Yes. 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 All right, hang on, hang on. Well done. Well done. Well done. One more time. One more time for. Shut up. One more time for the gram. One more time. (laughs) One more time. Play the music. Here we go. One more time for the gram. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. That's the nighttime show, everybody. Yeah. Give it up for Doug Jones, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Right? Doug Amazing. Jones. Doug Jones. The best. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I I love it. I love the whole thing. Even just, if he would not commit to helping me become the first redheaded Vulcan, I still love Doug Jones. <laughs> that's okay. That's understandable. <laughs> He's so great. He he really is. He's one of those people we've been trying to get for a really long time. Oh, it's he was one of our our guests that we wanted to get when we started the podcast yeah, three years ago. Absolutely, he was like on the top of our list as. He yeah. was like on the top of our list as someone that we really wanted, and yeah. and to be able to get him is just completely insane because yeah. he's he's really wonderful. Because you do a lot of work in booking these guests, and it's hard to get them a lot of times because of scheduling. Ugh. Like Doug Jones, three years ago said he would do the show. It's just a matter of scheduling, and he was out of town, and then was he here? And he's up in Canada, and yeah, you know, he's doing all kinds of stuff, filming all over the place, and um, yeah, like like the one. And I can't believe he's sixty. No, he's, he's not. Is he really? That's what he said in the interview. Hang on a second. I'm going to take a look at this. <laughs> Sorry, I just knocked my microphone. I, out of he's dis- so astonished. Out of disbelief. Doug yeah, I think he said Jones. he was 59. Doug yeah. Jones is born in 1960. Yeah. 
It's 59. For fuck's sake. Yeah. He, That's why that guy asked his, his uh, skincare regimen, because it's it's amazing. Wow. He really is. He's very healthy. Good for him. Um, you <laughs> do get, what he does. Uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to we do that. We were just talking earlier about that. Yeah. Uh, you guys got to check him out also on uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He's oh, on yeah. What We Do in the Shadows, which airs this when. Oh, well, it's, it may have just aired. Uh, by the time this when this comes out, yeah, um, yeah, but that's now airing, I believe, on FX, which is very cool. Oh, the new series, the new series. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yet. He's in yeah. the new series. He's oh, that's also great. in. Uh, he he's in a bunch of episodes of Better Things, which is also on yeah. FX, which is so cool. And we had the line producer Joanne Tull on the show. Yeah, which Better is really Things. worth listening to because she had she she worked under Louis C.K. Yeah. and under Pamela Adlon. And if you want to know amazing. about how Hollywood productions happen, yeah, that's a show to listen to because she's somebody who's really there in the trenches working on these shows in a way that is not public facing but is one of the most important jobs on the entire show yeah one of the things i love about our show is that we're we we do get to have interviews with people that are on different pieces of the industry that are not it's not just actors or just comedians that we do end up with some pretty fascinating cool people so um, if you, you know, one, one of those people, uh, which is coming up on our live show, uh, which is completely insane is we have the gin blossoms on yeah. our April 27th show mm-hmm. at the Hollywood improv. And that's right. The fucking gin blossoms. Uh, Hey, jealousy found out about you. Uh, follow me down all their, their amazing. They have so many amazing songs and they're going to be performing two songs on our show and doing an interview. I can't wait. So cool. Um, another band from the nineties that was just on our show and is actually the next episode about mm-hmm. to air is, um, Darren Hayes from Savage Garden. Oh yeah. And we, we got him what to it, sing yeah, yeah, a yeah. live on the show. At We're like, wouldn't version. it be cool if we could get Darren Hayes from Savage Garden to come on and sing truly madly deeply live on stage while two couples dance to have a, a slow dance off. And that's exactly what we did. And yeah. so you guys can listen to that next. Uh, don't forget to like subscribe and share the nighttime show podcast. Go to www.thenighttimeshow.com to check out lots of uh, fun things and merch and past episodes. Mm -hmm. So thanks for listening and enjoy.